Guys, what's up? Today, Zach Berman, founder or co-founder of The Juice Truck. The Juice Truck is one of the most, um, is actually rated the number one juice bar in BC. Uh, it's been featured on Global BC. It's one of the fastest growing businesses uh, on the West Coast. Zach is a ideas man, a philosophy man. He's a, a great human as well and someone who's very, very, very community, or, community orientated. Also is a jack of all trades, also likes to kind of like get into the nooks and crannies of knowledge and what is juicing and what can cleansing do for you and uh, what is behind the whole vegan culture and, and why does that make sense? Why does it not? How did, how has he built his whole business to this point and, uh, you know, blessed us with a couple little juices here. Unreal product. Uh, very ethical, ethically based, um, and just a genuine human. So, you know, we, we went through a, a ton of stuff. We, I tried to disagree with him a little bit. Didn't really work. The guy makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, check this one out. Uh, go check out the juice truck. Uh, they have six locations here in Vancouver. Uh, go try it for yourself. And I think you guys will really enjoy this conversation. If you are, you know, really curious about what juicing is, uh, you know, what juice cleanses are and what's the nutritional benefits and what's your microbiome, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Zach's a really easy guy to listen to. He's well articulated. Uh, he's, a, he's a highly intelligent person. So I appreciate him stopping by. So check this one out, guys. So yeah, enjoy. Zach, we'll jump right into it okay, here. Okay, let's do it. Thanks for hanging out, man. I appreciate you swinging by and giving us some of your valuable time. Of course. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, so, Zach, this all started, this juice, the juice truck, everything, the inception of this concept, and this baby that has now grown into like one of the most successful small businesses in BC, this all started in 2000 and... We launched the truck in 2011. 2011. Yeah. So when was the first time you really got onto the juice train? The juice train. Well, the truth is I got into the juicing uh, when I was in high school. I used to be like a night owl like a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I would watch uh, sometimes if I needed to just like fall asleep, I'd put the infomercials on on my like little 13-inch TV in my room. Nice. And uh, the Juice Man was one of those infomercials, and he was like this like 80-year-old man that like you know could like pull trucks, and he like juice was his like yeah. secret sauce that allowed him to like live forever and be super strong. So I was at a thrift store in Steveston where I grew up, and nice. they had like the Juice Man juicer, so I, I bought that. I was like in grade 10 or 11. And you started juicing. Started juicing. But that was kind of like precursor to, to years later, like getting mm -hmm. into the juice truck. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Steveson. That's awesome. Shout out to Steveson. We had a, who do we have on? Uh, a Cole, Cole Walser from uh, Steveson. He's a, oh, he directs for like Channing Tatum and shit. Oh, nice. Yeah, I don't know. Nice. So, yeah, Steveson is like, I just went there two weekends ago with my girlfriend. Holy shit, what nice. a beautiful, nice little yeah, town. It's a little, it's a little gem. It's a little secret spot that not, uh, Nobody, not everybody knows about. No, totally. It's yeah. like you seem like, it seems like you're three hours out of Vancouver, yeah, but yeah. you're really like right there. It's amazing. It's a nice little quaint little water waterfront village. Oh there. my God, so nice. Fish and chips all day. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so 2011, it comes around or probably 2010, 2009, you start yep. thinking about this as a business. What happens here? Yeah, so I guess I guess to rewind, rewind back like previous, previous to that, and like after the the infomercials, uh, uh, myself and my my buddy Ryan Slater, uh, we kind of grew up together. We went to high school together, played soccer together. Um, we both graduated university, and we decided to take a backpacking trip to through India, Nepal, and mm. Sri Lanka, and. Um, 
it was in Nepal that we kind of started to get the ideas for the juice truck. Um, we were we kind of had this plan to go backpacking uh, through Nepal uh, into the Himalayas. So we did the Annapurna region first, and then we eventually did base camp in Everest. And when we were in Annapurna, we noticed the the locals were drinking this like really orange, bright colored drink that looks kind of like that. This one I have right in yeah, front yeah, of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like a sunny D kind of color, but none of the local, none of the uh, the travelers were were drinking it. Just the locals. So we're like, what's what's going on with that drink? Like, yeah, where did they get it? What like, you guys got in there? Is, is it yeah. sunny D? What's going on? <laughs> Um, so we asked them and it was from this berry called sea buckthorn mm. and it grew at high altitude. You can actually get it in Saskatchewan. It grows locally now, which is cool. Okay, crazy. Um, but it's this berry that grows at high altitude and it's high in iron and vitamin C and like just kind of very nutrient dense. So they were depending on it for a lot of their, you know, their, their health. Um, because, you know, other than that, it was like starchy vegetables and, and not a lot of like nutrient dense foods that were growing up there. Mm. Um, so we asked what it was, we tried it and it was this really like tart kind of sour, sweet, um, this juice. And it kind of sparked this idea as we traveled for the next year, we wanted to kind of seek out what locals were doing for natural health. Because nothing um, grows up there. Because nothing grows out there. Yeah. So, you know, we got in, started getting into the sea buckthorn. And then as we traveled through India, we got really into the Ayurvedic foods. and Ayurvedic foods. Like, uh, so Ayurveda is like an ancient, uh, like it's, it's like a traditional Indian medicine, basically. Okay. Um, it's a little like, bit of woo-woo, a little bit of woo-woo. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, it's not Western medicine. It's like, you hey, know, man. Um, like parallels to like traditional, like TCM, traditional Chinese medicine. Uh, they would argue that it's like more back than our Western medicine because it's got thousands of years right. versus, you know, our like hundreds, hundreds of years. Hundreds of or years, yeah. Um, but they've got, um, you know, all sorts of different foods and, and like... Oh. Uh, we got part of it was the juicing. So whenever we were traveling, we'd go find the local juice stand and we'd uh, start our day with some juice. And uh, um, we noticed that we were feeling really good. And, yeah. uh, you know, a year, year later, we were back in Vancouver and trying to figure out what we wanted to do next. And we kept going back to the juice. And going back to the juice, right? Kind of slowly turned into a business model that turned into a food truck. That turned into one of the most successful businesses in, in BC, which is like totally crazy. Yeah. The inception is, is wild, but like, it's just to go back to that, to the whole juicing thing. Like as you grow a little bit older, you grow a little bit smarter. You start to go away from traditional uh, ways of energizing yourself like For oh sure. shit this isn't sustainable right so yeah, like yeah, yeah. when you're a teenager you're like monster energy drink yeah, yeah. let's go yeah. you know and then you're like okay like 10 glasses of coffee or 10 cups of coffee totally. and then you're like okay like this isn't intelligent yeah um i need to find something sustainable so for me personally it was just finding those like ginger shots yeah yeah like you want to get you want an energy drink like take a shot of ginger, oh, like maybe some, ginger. some, 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 uh, lemon juice and some yeah. bee juice or whatever it may be. Like take one of those back totally, and like your, your system's going to fire yeah. up, do it fasted yeah. and your system's really going to fire it's up, like right? Cold, cold shower of drinks. It is the cold shower of drinks. <laughs> yeah. It's literally the cold shower of drinks, man. I had, um, I literally had one uh, earlier today and then hopped in a cold shower right nice. before I came here. Double whammy. You you're, need it, dude. You're, you're ready to go. You need it, man. I need that fired upness. I need that. I need something that is, again, sustainable. And that's what's interesting about this stuff. And as much, I mean, we can talk about different ideologies and things like that. But what I love about the plant-based thing is that it's sustainable. For sure. Like, 
like period like it's just it's sustainable like yeah. there's no if ands or buts it's yeah. just like oh no no like your body is 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 going to thank you for this and you know from a production standpoint you know you can renew that that's 100%. not a detriment yeah uh, and it's it's good all around so that's what those are the things i look for in in things that i consume is like okay you know, can I do this for 30 years, for 40 yeah. years, for 50 years? Yeah. Is this a habit I can build now in yeah. my 20s that's going to stick? Like, yes, drinking a monster energy drink every day? Yeah. Nah, yeah. No, not so much. Hard to do that into your 80s. Yeah, really. I mean, respect if you do, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you might get diabetes or something along the way. Yeah, not a good situation. Um, <clears throat> so, double back, you come here, you find these recipes, you find these like weird uh, berries and Eastern medicine yeah, things and all types types of like crazy stuff and you're like perfect vancouver needs this or like yeah. what's your thought so yeah we were kind of trying to figure out if we wanted to go back to our old jobs or what we want to do next oh, what was your old job uh my dad had a small business here in architectural glass so like a uh, cast glass so mm -hmm. it was like uh glass for facades of buildings and stuff like that and, and okay. myself and ryan we'd both kind of grown with the business since we were like 12 or so Sweet. so you know, there was a bit of a expectation both internally and externally that we'd like, you know, kind yeah. of go with the business. Uh -huh. um, but, you know, we kind of developed you know, this passion and we wanted to, you know, we were kind of young, young and dumb at the time. And we wanted to, you know, see, see it through, see if yeah. we could make something of it. And, uh, you know, when we launched, we were 24 years old. So yeah. uh, we're, we didn't have too much fear. If, if it failed, we we're like, you know, whatever. We can go work at a restaurant and pay off our debt. You're broke like every other 24-year-old. Yeah, exactly. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah, totally. So I think we had a, a level of, uh, you know, being, uh, you know, a bit naive uh, to what it meant to run a business. And that, I think, was an advantage for us mm. at the time. It's funny how, like how young and dumb serves you for sure like it serves you like yeah. it's almost like there's a reason why you have fucking testosterone going through your ears you know oh, like, yeah, yeah 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 like i went when we launched uh like we were working we'd get up at like 5 a.m and prep and we'd work all the way till like six and then we'd go have dinner and then we'd go and do another shift like you know to serve the the night crowd like yeah. we, had, we had like a hangover menu when we first launched <laughs> so we'd go out again at like 7 to like 3 a.m and then go to bed and then be up like three or four hours later like i couldn't do that now no no no, right? no. like that's no, not no, healthy no chance but we were like had so much adrenaline we're so excited that it was just like yeah it was fun you know super fun so when it first started it's, it's always like confusing for people because they're like oh the juice truck yes but you guys have so many locations yeah you guys have six locations we got four storefronts and two yeah. food trucks so so but it started as a food truck started I'm as a food truck yeah first first three years we were just a food truck so you're like okay i got this idea let's get a juicer let's get a truck yeah and let's go to stanley park and let's give out juice yeah or sell juice basically i mean so we got back from a year of backpacking yeah. and we basically blew all of our savings uh, <laughs> nice so um not knowing much about business we had this idea we wrote a couple paragraphs down and we went to the banks and we're like can we get a loan we want to no. start a business and they all kind of laughed at us and that was our first lesson into <laughs> business that uh you know, a, a paragraph doesn't uh, get you money from the a bank. A paragraph is not a business plan. <laughs> no. So we're like, food truck, juice, <laughs> money, please. Uh, so, you know, we went to a few banks and they all said no. And we went to, from there, we kind of like recollected our thoughts. And we went to Small Business BC and they taught us like how to actually write a business plan. 
which was hugely helpful. And mm. then we were able to team up with a program called Futurepreneur, which mm. helps uh, finance like youth entrepreneurs under a certain age. Sweet. So it was like a $15,000 interest-free loan, um, oh. which was pretty cool. Um, so that was kind of like our first start. And then that kind of vetted us uh, to go back to the banks. Like we've gone through this, we've got our business plan. We have a little bit of financing and we were able to basically start our business on like $40,000. Uh, so we really shoestringed it. Like we did as much as we could ourselves yeah. and just did it on a tight budget. Dude. Bought a 1984 like delivery truck that we turned into oh, uh, a so food sick. truck. So sick. Yeah. Got it yourself. Yeah, I mean, we, we got some help, but we did as much as we could uh, on our own, for sure. That's so sick. Yeah. Wow, on forty on forty k, the yeah. juice truck was born. Yeah. Wow. A $15,000 interest-free loan. That's a gift. Yeah, that was that was Damn. a gift. Yeah. How long is it interest-free for? It's like a five-year loan, uh, but you pay it off, like, in, it, well, it's interest-free through the whole loan. Right, so right, if right. So if you're, I think you're under 35 and you're looking to start a business, like, definitely look them up. Um, they're a great resource. And the other cool thing is they set you up with a mentor No way. and, um, it's a free mentorship. So, um, good. we had a friend that we grew up with named Devin Brooks, who was also, oh, um, she'd done some things at a young age. She started blow, blow um, bar. Yeah. Blow bar. Yes. Um, so she was young and had business experience. So she mentored us through our first few years and kind of like helped us avoid a lot of, uh, yeah. landmines that we would have definitely otherwise landmines driven straight into. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Devin Brooks. Yeah. She has another, she has an app. Yeah. She just launched sphere, which is like, uh, kind of like, the Tinder of coaching. I love, like, I love when people use these analogies, like the Tinder of this, the Uber yeah. of that, the Netflix of this. Yeah, exactly. It's the Netflix of jeans. Yeah. Like what? Yeah, everybody needs the Netflix of jeans. <laughs> Sign me up. Um, yeah, I, it's it's really cool, actually. I think I ran into her on Instagram or something. I don't know. Yeah. But she, no, that it wasn't out yet. It was a little while ago and really cool. I like I love how people are harnessing this yeah these technologies fucking cool she's doing some good things she'd be a good guest she's up in Whistler she's up in Whistler damn her husband Shay is doing some cool things with Sweet. mental mental health too oh. so uh maybe a double whammy oh, of, uh, okay okay write that down write that down we're gonna have to reach out there that's amazing yeah um yeah there's a there's a ton of we don't see it it's really funny this is not where I'm trying to go with this but it's really funny like we have a slew of like mid to small level businesses yeah. with a ton of like entrepreneurs that are just spearheading the fuck out of it yeah. and are amazing people that are working on global scales. Yeah. But like the province is just kind of like, you would never know yeah. unless you were actually digging deep. You would never know. We don't like push them at the forefront. I know. It's really we, weird. We need to promote that. There's a lot of people doing big things here that uh, huge things you know needs to be shouted a little bit louder so we all know like we can be proud of the things that are homegrown and like take ownership of of like what we represent like the juice truck yeah. is the prime example where you're like i know people like from the states but yo the, the juice truck's from vancouver <laughs> that's awesome that's crazy and i'm like yeah hey, you didn't know like and people from here wouldn't even know either like oh sure. like it's from toronto or it's from yeah. the states and i'm like are you what yeah yeah sometimes <laughs> like uh last week uh from our fifth Ave store i picked something up from a business that was two blocks over and i was like oh come by for a juice or a smoothie sometime and they're like oh what's your business i'm like the juice truck it's two blocks away they're like oh. they like never heard of it I'm like oh that's cool like <laughs> 
Well, here's a card. Come on by. Which is always exciting, you know? Like, that's like, you know, that means there's a lot more work that you can do to, like, yep. increase increase who knows about what you're doing and increase your foot traffic. And, yep. you know, if everybody knows what you're doing, then, you know, your work's done. You, you, need, yeah. to, you need to work, keep working and totally keep sharing the word. There's white space, right? There's yep. there's You can go occupy that, which is, like, yep. exciting, but it's also aggravating because we talk we've talked about on this podcast before where it's just like there's a we we are failing to establish a collective identity yeah as a city yeah you know there's so many different it's very multicultural but still like there's other cities in the world toronto is a prime example where they're they're very multicultural but they've formed a collective identity yeah and and they feel proud to be from there right versus like we don't feel as if we have that i mean i don't know maybe i'm wrong no i think we've got to work on it like i i I went to emily carr for university and and studied painting of all things so oh shit before i went (laughs) to business i was in the art crowd and um there was always like a joke that like anybody that's good at art makes it like they never make it in vancouver they have to go to vancouver doesn't celebrate them until they've made it in new york or or in la LA. like once they've made it somewhere else then like all of a sudden vancouver's like proud proud like you know like check out jeff wall he's from here or or whoever but it's uh it's never like we don't celebrate them here first you know yeah yeah. and you don't know the stories of like how they came up like that's like for instance um like a Seth Rogen. Yeah. Like for sure. how did Seth Rogen become Seth Rogen? Yeah. We don't fucking know. Yeah. We just know once he was huge and we're like, oh yeah, he is from Vancouver. You know, yeah. Seth Rogen's from Vancouver? I yeah. didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, like why is it that we haven't like, for instance, the just popping off the top of my head because he's a comedian, like the yeah. Kevin Hart story of like, yeah everyone in philadelphia yeah. knew about kevin hart because yeah. he was everywhere and the city celebrated him right totally. celebrated him celebrated him. he'll go back there and sell out stadiums yeah you know what i'm saying like even if we have someone who's homegrown and comes comes back like yeah. they're not selling out bc place yeah we gotta work you know on that saying? they're not selling out rogers it's you know true. they're going to the commodore or whatever it is and yeah. like what's there's something wrong there i don't know it bugs me internally i'm not even from here man yeah <laughs> <laughs> close Close, close. Um, anyways, yeah, so small business loan. You started with 40 grand. I'm yeah. trying to get the origin story. I keep yes. getting sidetracked. Sorry. We get here. So we got, yeah, we got the money. We, we you know, bought the 1984 delivery truck. We gave it, gave it a nice paint job and made it look new and uh, fitted out a little kitchen inside. And, um, you know, we, we tested in my mom's kitchen. Nice. Uh, my parents' kitchen. Uh, like, juices and smoothies and some food recipes for like three or four months and did a bunch of focus groups and came up with the menu and yeah. uh, made a Ooh. bunch of bad things and did a bunch focus of good things. Groups? Okay. Yep. Yeah. So we had little scorecards and that's kind of how we came up with our menu. Sweet. And we were researching juicers, like what, what kind of juicer we wanted to use. And, um, you know, we came across the, uh, the cold press juice and like not really strategically, but more so just looking to find the best way to make juice possible. We we ended up being the first uh, cold pressed juice bar in Canada, um, which was like a, a nice another kind of like lucky timing kind of thing. Like yeah. uh, soon after we launched, like cold pressed juice became huge in LA. Now there's a gazillion. Now it's everywhere. You can yeah. go to the you know the grocery store and no. the corner store and Seven Eleven and everything. Um, but at the time we were the first in Canada. Mm. Um, so it kind of hit in those buzz cities in LA and New York. And, um, that, uh, kind of gave us a lot of early traction once we, once we launched. Cause you know, oh. if you're looking at cold pressed juice, we were the only place that you could get it at the time out of a little food truck. <laughs> and we were making a fresh pour order, which was cool. We wow. Everybody else was doing bottled juice. Um, like if you went to LA or New York, um, you know, they were just doing it in bottles. So we were doing it like 
fresh broader, so it was like the healthiest possible juice you could get anyway. Man, just thinking about it now, 2011, like you guys are so, you were totally ahead of the curve. Yeah, You were totally ahead of the curve. Like when did this whole cold press juice start popping off? Around like 2010 in like uh, like Blueprint Clans in New York and like Press Juicery is the big one in LA and they launched like four or five months before we did. They blew up. They've got like 40 stores or something like that. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of uh, the traction. And then more and more stores in LA, more and more stores in New York. And then we kind of had it just to ourselves for a couple of years. And then, I was going to say like 2014, 2015. Yeah. But I don't know. I have like no basis in saying that. Yeah. We had probably like two or three years where we were like the only cat in town. And then yeah. more people opened. And like being young and in business at first, it kind of freaked us out. But once we were able to get some perspective and some hindsight, it actually like collectively grew the market and it Mm. just, you know, benefited Mm -hmm. like uh, everybody really. Like if you're drinking juice here or there, it became like a thing of convenience and a a lifestyle thing. So it kind of, it it grew, grew the, the kind of the market share of who was into health and wellness. It's almost like a status thing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think so? I don't know. Uh, well, I would say like, you know, what you're drinking or what you're eating does reflect, you know, your, your values and your beliefs. Like if Mm -hmm. you're, you know, representing an active lifestyle, if you're representing a healthy lifestyle, if you're representing, you know, if if you're supporting local, whatever, Mm -hmm. like I think what you put in your cup, what you put on your plate says more than, than you might read into. Like if you're carrying a Starbucks cup versus a matchstick cup, like, you know, like you you can read into that if you, that's a good point. Yeah, it totally does. You know what? Like if I'm, if I'm, if I'm, if I have this and I'm walking down, you know, like I work downtown and if I have this, I'm thinking, and I see someone else with this, I'm thinking, yeah, dope. They shop local. Yeah. Um, they're aware of their body and what they're putting in it. They're, they are aware of what juice can do. Yeah. Then, and they, they also have the money to spend. How much is this little bottle? Those those would be like four fifty. Yes, that's pretty cheap. That's cheaper yeah. than I thought. Yeah, right. We, we try to keep our prices like as reasonable as possible. So but that's, it's, but that's, it's still yeah. like you know if you're gonna go if you're comparing it to like a Fruitopia or a Sunny D right. or like or like a pasteurized juice that you can get at you know Safeway. It's definitely like you can get a liter for four fifty of that. So totally. Like, what about your bigger ones? The full size ones yeah. that are sixty ounces are, are nine bucks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, all right, so all right. like part part of our business model is to be like as accept- as approachable and inclusive as possible. So totally. our, we try to keep our prices to a certain point. So mm-hmm. $9 is more affordable than other options, but it is still, you know, like still $9, it's still $9. And that's, you know, you can, you could get a full meal somewhere else for $9. So yeah. it, is, it is like an, an investment depends. Like, you know, I see the, the value of investing in your health and investing in your being, but it is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you have to have, a few dollars to put towards it. No, you totally do. But, you know, I'm just reading right here, unpasteurized juice. Yes. When I think unpasteurized, I think of milk. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely not milk. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean for an idiot like me? Yeah, cool. Um, So if you go to uh, like a grocery store and you get, you know, the liter juice, that's, you know, that's say the OJ or whatever. Um, so when juice is pasteurized, it's, it's usually heat treated. Oh. Um, so when it's heat treated, uh, there's a couple of things that kind of kill the nutrients in, in juice and, and smoothies and heat and friction are the two big ones. Oh. So, um, if, uh, if you're pasteurizing something, you're usually, you know, bringing it up to a high heat and that basically kills all of the, the nutrients in the juice. So they have mm. to refortify it with vitamins or whatever. So you're not getting like a, 
you're basically drinking like a sugar drink with refortified vitamins yeah i I heard somewhere that like your your body in terms of sugar content doesn't know the difference between like a glass of orange juice and a cup of coca-cola yeah yeah. does that have any is that rooted in truth uh there is some some truth to that um like if you're having i think that's where the pasteurized juice comes in like so the thing with cold pressed juice that's interesting so it was it was invented by uh a doctor in like the 1920s, Dr. Norman Walker. And shout he, out Norm. Norman Walker, trendsetter, 1920s. <laughs> 1920, that's when, baby. That's when cold fresh juice was invented. So it took a little while to get in Only took 90 years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he created it uh, with Gerson therapy, which is a cancer cancer treatment. Oh, wow. Um, for, you know, he was kind of doing some cutting edge cancer treatments back then. And uh, it was like the, he created a way to allow your body to intake the most nutrients mm. in the easiest digestible form so mm. the cold press juice is basically uh, a very slow turning blade that like if you throw the apples and the kale and all that stuff it kind of pulverizes into a pulp and the blade's turning at such a low uh, speed that there's no like heat or friction mm. and then it goes into a hydraulic press which uh, exerts two tons of hydraulic pressure onto the bag of pressure that's uh, a lot the, for those the, that don't know that's yeah, a lot <laughs> yeah 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 like that like crush your hand yeah. or whatever you know like yeah. you crush things um, so you're, you're pressing with this two tons, uh, which allows you to get the maximum amounts of nutrients and, and, uh, vitamins and all of that without, uh, without killing anything from heat or friction. So why do they kill in the first place? So like if you went and got a, a normal juice, the first thing that's going to kill the nu- the nutrients is, uh, so they're called mask, um, uh, masticating juicers and it's a fast turning blade that's like separating the, the pulp and the liquid at once. Um, so the, the speed creates the, the heat the and that's heat. killing, you know, the, basically the things that you want to get out of the juice. And they're doing that for a production efficiency. Yeah. yeah. And then the second thing is if you're pasteurizing it with heat. So basically you've got like a vitamin Y, like a, a Gatorade quality kind of product at the end. Um, but if you cold press it, there's no heat, there's no friction. So it's retaining all of the, the vitamins and the nutrients and the right. minerals and all of that stuff. So um, when, you, when you drink it, um, your body's absorbing it. Um, so like just... Um, is a general rule of thumb, like you need to have fiber in your diet. So yeah. this, there's no fiber in this. But right. the benefit to that is when you take fiber out, your body's able to assimilate the, the nutrients and the vitamins much quicker. That's why it feels like an energy shot. That's yeah. why it feels like an energy drink. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a quick jolt. Uh, you're getting getting those nutrients straight into the system. Right. Uh, sometimes with fiber, you know, it just passes through you, so you don't you don't uh, you don't uh, get the full maximum potential of all those nutrients. But you do need to have some fiber in your day. So like right, yeah. smoothies, food, you know, it's, we like to say that juice is like the perfect, like addition to mm. a healthy, healthy diet, a healthy lifestyle. But, right. uh, you know, if you're just doing exclusively juice for a very long time, there can be some damaging Right, right, sure. right, right. So your, your body uses fiber to regulate vitamins, nutrients, sugars, yeah, kind of? Fiber's like, we always preach, you know, there's like a big protein trend. Everybody right, wants to get as much protein as possible, yeah. but we're always preach that it's actually all about the fiber. Like fiber oh. allows you to recover quicker because um, the recovery starts in your guts. Um, so if you got a healthy fiber game, if you're eating a high fiber diet, you're going to be able to work out harder. Uh, you're going to be able to recover faster. You're going to see bigger gains. Um, How about them gains, man? See those bigger gains. <laughs> also, you're going to be happier because the micro, the, the gut brain connection uh, right. from the microbiome so if you've got a healthy gut 
Um, you're gonna. You, it helps with your brain health. It helps with your happiness. So please, please, um, yeah, that's crazy. Bring, bring that fiber into your life. You're gonna get enough protein just from eating food. Yeah, no, no, totally. Um, and people, people hate on it. It's for some really weird, weird reason. Yeah, I've, I've no idea. Can you speak a little bit on? Like, I know probably, you know, one percent of what you know uh, in terms of the microbiome. Like, yeah, that. Um, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and, yeah, and, yeah. and I, I like to read on. And, and nutrients is like extremely interesting. Yeah, that I know nothing about. Yeah, you know, because it's like it's so complex and you oh, yeah. literally need a degree in it just to like skim the for surface sure. Sure. so like for dumb people like yeah. myself like how like when people want to hear people talk about oh you know how's your gut biome how's your microbiome like yeah that's probably you know this is the reason why this is happening to you or you don't you have low energy levels or you're getting yeah. certain reactions to these type of foods i'm just like cool that's awesome i don't know what that means yeah <laughs> so i mean i'm not a nutritionist or a doctor but i yeah. listen to a lot of podcasts as well Hell and, yeah, I, but, and <laughs> I read a lot of books and uh, so i'm like a google expert yes uh, i but... like that term <laughs> holy shit that's a great term yeah i'm a google uh, expert so uh, i wouldn't quote quote me on uh, on much of anything that's all right um but um so the microbiome is basically like your gut health and yeah. um like what you're putting into your 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 gut uh kind of dictates that so if you're um if you're eating a high sugar diet you're gonna crave high sugar things if you're eating healthy you know health like kale salads every day and quinoa and all of that that's what you're gonna crave and it creates a healthy that like bacteria basically in your gut. So right, if you're having right, like right, right. probiotics and prebiotics and a high fiber diet, um, your your microbiome is going to be very healthy and it's going to promote like general wellness for mm. for your whole body. Like it's amazing how much influence the guts have on your whole well being. So mm-hmm. um, in terms of recovery, in terms of mental health, in terms of um, like weight loss in terms of cravings, all sorts of stuff. It all happens in your gut. So, yeah, really interesting. Um, you know, we we spend a lot of time like, you know, working on the outside of our body through exercise and stuff, but we gotta you know focus on what we're putting in our body too. Oh, a hundred percent. No, a hundred percent. So, right. So what I kind of like got from that was your so your microbiome will adapt to what you're putting into it and crave more of that. Yeah, for sure. Right? So you're putting sugars in, it will crave more sugars. You're putting healthy things in, it will uh, crave healthy things. It's yeah. like when people, when they go, you know, when they initially go vegan or when they yeah. initially go vegetarian or yeah. um, what is the other side of the spectrum? Will people only eat meat? What is that called? Like a carnivore diet carnivore or diet. A paleo you. diet Sorry, my or bad. keto diet. Or keto diet or whatever. Yeah. Like your microbiome will adjust to that and you yeah. won't crave whatever it is that you just came off of. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah that's part of it for okay, sure. Cool. Um, and then just like making sure we have healthy bacteria in our gut. Right. So, um, healthy bacteria come like fermented foods. Like mm. you see that a lot, like the kombuchas and the sauerkrauts and the kimchis and like there's fermented like vegan cheeses out there and all sorts of stuff. So like, uh, probiotics, you'll hear a lot about probiotics. So like right. that's going to, um, prebiotics and probiotics are going to like help maintain that healthy gut flow. Um, mm. I mean, the fermented foods are really good because they're going to go through your whole gut. When you're taking a probiotic, sometimes it doesn't like assimilate into your whole digestive tract, which is super long. Um, right. Uh, but if you're eating a lot of fiber, that's like, that's number one. Okay. I'm a big fiber preacher. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Fiber substance. Good. Yeah. Cool. Sweet. So, you might, I, I don't even know what, 
so prebiotic and a probiotic what is the difference so the probiotics often like the fermented foods like the like so you you know you're I'm going to say vegan because that's the, cool. that's what I prescribe to. So like your vegan yogurts, your sauerkrauts, your kimchi, your kombuchas. Yeah. Um, you can get probiotic supplements. Uh, not all of them are vegan. A lot of them come from different sources. So just right. check out where it's coming from. And then your prebiotics are really like your, your fiber. Like your, okay, so okay, you, okay, you, know, okay, you can okay. get that from like quinoas or brown rices or like, you know, most okay, all leafy okay. greens are full of fiber. Um, so like the combination of the two is going to like, you're going to be you're gonna checking out pretty good. Nice. I yeah. like it. You're going to be checking out pretty good. <laughs> the doctor like will it. be happy with you. That's amazing. So as like, as a founder and as an entrepreneur of this juice truck, how much do you really have to know on the nutrient side? Like, do you like, you're clearly very knowledgeable, but yeah. when you're st- just getting into this, where you're just yeah. like, Hey man, it's gonna make you feel great. Yeah. You good. You know, like how do you have to have a deep knowledge base? Um, I mean, definitely helps like i'm like a hobbyist like student of life kind of thing like i just like like learning and and like like expanding my understanding of things but not a nutritionist so we've we've teamed up when we first launched we teamed up with a company called feed life Mm. um and they're um eden uh, mcdonald was the nutritionist there um and uh her husband colin metters is like a master herbalist uh, herbalist so he kind of helped us with they both helped us kind of assure that our recipes were nutritionally sound nice and we've also worked with some natural paths um so we kind of we bring in the experts to make sure we're doing things right i like and it and then i just kind of learn to like make sure that i can make informed decisions as, uh, yeah. as we as we grow and with the products that we're bringing on with the recipes that we're, we're rolling out yeah those are some super cool people man master herbalist that's yeah. uh, pretty interesting we have a couple of those where i come from too yeah well, <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, a little bit different a little bit different types yeah those those are important people too <laughs> yeah uh, horticulture yeah yeah <laughs> anyways he- um, he- healing yeah. herbs healing herbs yeah healing herbs from the <laughs> earth for for you and for me it's yeah, good stuff exactly um yeah but it's it's really it's really important, like as a, you know, as someone who's running this at the forefront of this, shit, is there a lot to know? Oh, yeah. Like as you go into any field or anything that you do, yeah. as soon as you step into it, you're like, okay, now I need to know these 18 things really well. Totally. Having the like know-with-all and just the ability to say, okay, I'm going to touch on this, touch on this, touch on this, touch on this and get a broad idea, but I'm going to go out and outsource or find someone who knows because I know Absolutely. that I'm not good in that lane. Yeah. So I'm going to put this person in position. Like I'm the type of person where I'd be like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to learn everything down here yeah. and then I'm going to learn everything down the next one. And then in the meantime, I haven't done, got anything done because I'm just trying to like go down these knowledge holes. Right. For sure. I find it tough. Yeah, we're we're similar. Like we're an expert a few things, but we try to surround ourselves with people that know what they're doing, so that they can kind of keep keep us going on the right path. Mm-hmm. So when you say we, you mean yourself and Ryan? Yeah. So from from everyone that I talk to, everyone says that you're like the idea guy, yeah. <laughs> and everyone says that he's the the executor, the the practitioner. Yeah. Is there some truth in that? How yeah, that develop? For sure. Um, so. That was kind of the benefit of us growing up together and, and working at my dad's business. We kind of like quickly identified that we had different skill sets that complemented each other yeah, nicely. Yeah. So Ryan's very much like the implementer, the logistics guy, um, you know, um, the, the doer. I'm, I'm very much like the head in the cloud, the ideas guy. Uh, I've got like, 
you know, lots of different visions of directions that we could go. And Ryan always like filters it down. I'll throw like, you know, a hundred things his way. And he'll be like, no, that's a bad idea. No, that's a bad <laughs> idea. Okay. That one's okay. Let's talk about that one. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, we, we talk a lot about when you're going into business, like there's two key roles um, and it's hard to do both of them. One's the visionary role and one's the implementer role. Right. And um, if you're a visionary and you, and you don't have an implementer, it's hard to, to see your idea come to fruition. And if you're an implementer, you kind of need that vision to kind of put, put to work. Totally. Um, both are equally as important. Um, so we've been kind of lucky to, I mean, we both wear both hats to a degree, mm-hmm. but um, I, we definitely are, are, are kind of how we work complements each other and we're able to work efficiently that totally. way. Yeah. You know what it's, and it's really hard to do. So two questions for you on that. Number one is how did you develop that relationship? Because thoughtful disagreements really hard yeah. to like, especially if you have a, if you're not a sole proprietor and you do have yeah. partners in your business or you have a board that you're working with, yeah. like that's extremely difficult to get for things sure. done yeah. and have a good relationship. You know yeah. what I'm saying? How did, so how did, like, how did you work that out? So yeah, we definitely disagree on things all the time, but uh, ultimately it comes down to just respecting each other and mm-hmm. like being able to communicate in a respectful way. Um, so that we're able to talk through. It's not easy pretty, pretty sometimes. Much. I know for yeah. sure. It's not easy in theory, but I think if you like remind yourselves that like, okay, we're, we started this as friends, we're still friends. Um, and like that friendship is important to us. Yeah. We're able to respect that friendship and that's able to be a filter that allows us to communicate in, 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 a I would say in a, in a thoughtful manner. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're able to talk through things like a hundred percent of the time. If we, if we don't, agree that's on amazing. Something. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty good. And we also have other people on our team. So like, uh, like my wife works with us as well. Nice. So like, you know, there's a lot of filters that come into making decisions. Hey, uh, Zach, maybe you shouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My wife's like the, the, the real boss of the juice truck. Nice. I like yeah, it. Yeah. We should, we should have her here. Yeah, what the hell? Let's go. She's, she's the smart one. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really tough because it's like, I've had a couple friends that have gone down business ventures together and, yeah. and like gotten deep. Yeah. In those business ventures and had and had times where like, listen, we just don't see eye to eye on this. I yeah. value our friendship more than this business. Let's yeah. scrap the business. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. I, I couldn't if I was if I was in that situation, like yeah. I'm that hard headed, stupid motherfucker that's just like, yeah. nah, let's run through the wall, we can do it. Yeah. You know, versus like having the wisdom and the know with all and the knowledge just yeah. be like, yo, this isn't worth it. Totally. That's tough. We've kind of taken like the the path less traveled. Like we've hired so many friends, like our operations manager we've known since we were like twelve years old. We've hired like dozens of friends family uh and that kind of like i think is our secret sauce in a way because it works super fun all the time like we we you know we people come early and they stay late because they're having fun hell yeah um so you know people say don't hire friends don't hire family we've kind of like done the opposite and that's been a big part of what's worked for us well you know what it creates um a playful environment yeah and there's no like i've had good jobs and bad jobs and i've been in startup companies in situations where you're like things are moving so fast you're fearful to come to work and then i've been in other situations you know like here at self-hire was just like yo yeah we're getting a ton of stuff done we're having a ton of fun constantly and just like you know shit is getting done but like we're also fucking around and having fun and making fun of each other like who cares you know what i'm saying like you need that playful environment right i never understood that like don't mix uh what was it don't mix family and business or don't mix friends and business and i was always like I never really agree with that, but I understood it 
but I never really agree with it because I'm like, oh, how are you supposed to have fun then? Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's a big part of our business. Like, we're like, we don't take anything too seriously. Uh, fun is like, first, if we're not having fun, then we're not doing it right. Yeah. Um, so that's totally. like a big filter, like top down, how we do things. Super, super important. So that's the first question. Second question was, um, second question was, you said that, you know, a lot of you, you just generate ideas like crazy. I'm sure you're, yeah. <laughs> you're just one of those people that their mind never turns off and you yeah. just go, 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 shit, let me write that down yeah. or whatever it is. And then you filter those through your business partner. But yeah. what have been some of those bad ideas that you've actually acted on? Like what, oh, yeah. what have been some misturns or some mispivots that you can think of? Well, one of the, I mentioned it earlier, like that we were doing like late night hangover helpers. That was like oh, yeah. one of our like core ideas when we were launching the business. Like, you know, at night we'll go by the bars and we'll have this like, like nutrient dense juices that will like, you know, curb people's hangovers. Um, so that like, sounds like a good idea to me. Like, right? but <laughs> I thought it was a good idea. So we're going to these rolling up to like the bars and gas town at like 1am, 2am, 3am, whatever it was. And, you know, people were like, Cut, cutting their drugs on our table in front and getting into fights, you know, or their like their boyfriends were freaking out their girlfriends about like you know the dollar juice or whatever. Like <laughs> it's the cost of a beer, yeah. um, and it was just like crazy. Like yeah. you know, like drunk people were trying to climb in the truck, and it was oh just my like God. you know, it was it was it was like a, a hostile, it was like a frat hostile environment in a way. So we're like. We cut that after like, you know, three or four weeks. And that Over was like, three or four weeks? That's yeah, it? That's yeah, all I made? That was all took. And that was like Shit. half of our business plan when we launched. So oh, like, no. <laughs> so that was definitely like one of the ideas that uh, didn't work. Fuck. Oh, that's not very long. Yeah, that that's wasn't very not long. not very long. Um, but I'd say as a whole, like our whole business is like trial and error. Like we try things, doesn't work. We like get rid of it. We're, we're yeah. pretty like quick to pivot, quick to make uh-huh. changes. Um it seems more trial than it is error. I mean, from the outside, at least looking yeah. in. It seems like you guys have had a lot more hits than you've had misses. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think you get, uh, you know, more, a uh, better guesstimate of what's going to work and what's not going to work the more you do it. Mm-hmm. And we really listen to our customers a lot too. So mm-hmm. like if, you know, if people are asking like the latest one is like celery juice, people are crazy about celery juice. And like, we don't always follow the trends. Like we try to make sure there's like, like validity to the trend. Yeah, validity, like tr- activated charcoal was a big one a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. And we didn't get into that one. Cause if you have too much charcoal, uh, you're getting rid of like, we're talking about microbiome. It's going to like pull the good and the bad from your, oh. uh, from your gut. So like if you're drinking like charcoal lemonade every day, all of a sudden you're going to have like no good bacteria left in your gut. Okay. Uh, it's good if you're feeling sick or you got food poisoning, but it's not good for like an everyday beverage. So okay. we like didn't jump on the boat for that one, but celery juice, you know, we were getting like, people were coming in like, cause we do cold press custom juices. You can make whatever you want. We were making like, you know, 20 to 30 celery juices a day and it wasn't even on the menu. So we were just like, okay, we need to, yeah, we need to listen to the There's market here. demand here. Let's, yeah. let's go with it. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Um, you know, I've been, I've been on the celery wagon giving I like to try everything myself okay. to see how I feel. Yeah. And I really like it. Like I find it's like improves. There's like a laundry list of like what celery juice, the benefits to it. And I can't say I believe in the whole laundry list cause it's pretty extensive. It's like, yeah you know, people are preaching it as a cure-all. And anytime, right. like, someone's like, this one thing will fix all of your problems in life. Like, You're like, mm, there's like no. <laughs> you should be skeptical. Yeah. But I do think it's good for digestion. Mm-hmm. It's good for, like, bloating. It's good for your skin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's full of, like, you know, it's it's got healthy salt in it, which is, like, 
good for your thyroid and stuff like that. So mm. I think it's like if you're a lot of people are on the intermittent fasting and stuff like that, if that's like your first thing you have after you've, uh, you know, fasted Fasting. or whatever, like that's a nice way to kind of like curb your, like kind of transition back towards food. Um, so I, I feel pretty good having celery juice in the morning. Awesome. That's, that's good to hear. Yeah. I hate, there's a lot of, I mean, I, I, when the charcoal thing came through, I was like, ah, that's, Mm, mm, yeah uh, mm, i don't know i had it once i was like mm, yeah i don't know that's all i didn't i didn't give it any any real run i haven't even tried the celery juice thing yet, yeah but i, I hear brought some for you i hear all it tastes about like it. celery yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it does you know yeah. like we have we've had guests on here that have like preached it like um carmel rodriguez like nice. dies by it she's nice. like she loves it um and i think all that stuff too i just need to get a juicer yeah 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 <laughs> what's the best at home juicer i'm being selfish here yeah for sure um i would say firstly check craigslist because uh, you know people get excited to juice and it's like pretty messy and actually fairly expensive to do at home yeah. so um, you know, people get into it with the best of intentions and then a couple of weeks later it's on Craigslist. So, yeah. uh, if you go on Craigslist, uh, or not on Craigslist, I'd say the number one is the, the Huron slow juicer. Okay. Um, it's like a couple hundred bucks. Okay. Um, but it's, um, compared to other, let's call them the masticating juicers. It, it has a slower moving like rotor. You so masticating, masticating. Nice. So that's the one that's like pulling the the fiber from the liquid in one motion right. versus the cold press cool uh so the shiram is like the slowest of those um cool. so it's pretty good okay um the other two um there's one called the super angel um that one's more expensive it's like 600 bucks mm-hmm. so if you're like really gonna invest in a home juicer that's a good one to go with uh if you really want to invest like what we use is the norwalk cold press but okay. those are like a couple grand juicer so you have to be like serious this is part of your lifestyle like forever kind of thing you're Um, here now you're here now this is part of you and then if you just want a cheap one to like see if this is something that's going to stick like the breville juicer is pretty good and it's it's not going to cost you too much money yeah that was totally the wrong answer man the answer was you can't juice at home and you have to come to the juice truck just come to the juice truck we'll take care of you it's the only way to get juice ever yeah come to the juice truck true period I mean, in all honesty, like we have so many customers that go buy juicers and then just like I said, like a month later, we don't see them for a month and then they come back and they're like, damn, I was going to Whole Foods and I was spending like $30 on a juice. Like, cause you know, if you're buying like, you know, you're not buying in the bulk that you guys are buying in, right? Yeah. Economies of scale. Yeah. So if you're going and buying all the fancy produce at Whole Foods, like it's going to be a pricey juice that you're knocking back every day. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. I'm like one of those guys where I'm always like. Fuck it. I'll do it at home. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is one of the things I don't think it applies. And you're cleaning. It's going to take you an hour. Yeah. We used to juice at home too. And then we're just like, no, this is too much. No, no, no. Um, (coughs) So uh, let's jump back a little bit because still trying to get this. I love, I always mess this up. I always like, I'm always like, oh, let's get the origin story. And then we go off eight eight different fucking tangents. And then we finally, by the end of the podcast, we get, we get the end of it. But so you guys were at one juice truck. Yeah. You were 40K down. Yeah. How did you go from one to two? Because yep. that's a huge jump. Yeah. You know, like it's from from five to 10 yep. is a different game. But from one to two is like, holy For sure. shit. You're like doubling your business. Yeah. Um, we were advocates of slow growth. We really wanted to make sure that our like our model was working and mm-hmm. that it was sustainable before we, we grew. And we didn't want to um, over, over debt ourselves. So... 
we, we were it was just us on the truck for three years before we wow. uh, before we took a step um so i guess at year two similar to um the celery juice people were coming to the truck and asking for juice cleanses and mm-hmm. grocery stores were asking for bottled juice so we, at first we were just doing a mason jars on the truck but ryan um yeah year two he started uh he went off the truck and started like bottling stuff at mm-hmm. our you know at our commissary kitchen mm. uh but year three we kind of had made enough money through the truck sales that we were able to basically finance on our own uh wow. the build out um of a commercial commercial kitchen for ourselves and uh, a cafe and community space so we kind of built out again on a shoestring um a five thousand square foot spot on fifth on ontario that's that's now like a production facility or a kitchen. Sure. Um, we've got a space for community events and then our our first like storefront cafe. Um, so it's kind of like a multi-purpose space. And yes. we just kind of like did it so cheap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so nice. Nice. we were like... Uh, it's minimalist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We were just trying to do things as much as we could ourselves. Yeah. Um, you know, we got a little bit of money from the bank at that point. Yeah. Um, but since then, we've been able to like continually debt finance through the bank to yeah. to finance our growth. Amazing. Uh, so we've been able to keep it between myself and Ryan as as ownership. Yeah, that's um, super key. Which is cool for sure. That's it really cool. Gives us kind of full control of the direction, and mm-hmm. we don't have to answer to anyone. So um, we've been lucky that the banks uh, have backed our crazy ideas that's all right yeah. yeah i mean well they've clearly worked and, and i'm sure they believe in the people as well right and yeah. you guys have you know obviously built up your reputation as well so i'm sure you have some leverage there as well I, sure. I don't think people understand how key like not diluting ownership is and and how yeah. key capital structure is in the long term especially if you know i mean we're here talking about where you guys have been but like yeah. you know the next step for you guys just i know nothing but looking yeah. from the outside in seems like these things like capital structure and debt structure are going to be super important for you guys moving forward for, for sure. the next steps right yeah if you're if you're in big debt it's hard to finance your growth yeah it's and it's it's really tough well like cash is king so you got to keep the cash flow cash, cash flow healthy and yeah. uh you know, it's hard, it's hard to grow if you're if you're stretched financially. Yeah, and it's hard to attract investors, and it's hard to you know attract and grow in different markets and develop new markets and develop new products. Like, get keep your money right, people. Just yeah. keep your keep yeah. your money right. That's all it is. I think it's like it's sexy to go get investors and kind of like go down that path, and it, it definitely like there's a lot of benefits for certain businesses, and if you're bringing on the right partners, it's 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 can help you exponentially mm-hmm. but you know we felt that the longer we can hang on to it you know the the better for the growth of the business who's to say you can't always hang on to it yeah for sure for sure if, if i mean that's our goal uh and we should be able to as long as we're you know yeah sustainably growing and well not, you guys uh, seem like you're doing it right thank you like yes I, I mean just from the outside in i mean i know that in in small businesses and mid-sized businesses it people you know the juice truck is a perfect example in my from my view where it's like you see from the outside in you're like 
wow, this is going <laughs> fucking beautifully. But from a person that's been in startups and, and, and small businesses, like externally might look amazing. Yeah. Internally, oh, it's fucking grinding. Oh, it's always, I mean, those yeah. gears are just like, yeah. you don't have the money for oil and it just, you can't. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> yeah, if you want to talk about like the financial stresses, like I'm happy that like Ryan wears that hat. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he manages our finances and stuff like that. Obviously, I have to know what's going on. Of course. And be, you know, literate financially. Of course, but um, you know he's he's our money guy. So yeah, you know it's so it's so paramount to have like like you said earlier the separation of like the visionary and then the the, the practitioner and the executor because yeah. it's like it's you could draw similar parallels where my mind goes is is like a, is an artist or is a musician where it's like yeah. if you have a musician that's trying to manage themselves their yeah. creative energy is going to get drained 100%. in the management and in the business yeah. side of things right so just like get let that go and be someone else yeah but in order to do that you have to trust somebody. Right? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> for me, that would be hard. Teamwork. Yeah, teamwork for sure. It definitely takes a village. You know, like it takes a village. You guys seem as, as if you have not shied away from, you know, bringing people in and trusting in, extent, in an extent. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but if I have a, a baby in something that is like really growing and shows a lot of potential and a yeah. lot of upside, like, I'm hesitant to bring people in. Yeah. You know, because I'm like, holy fuck, like, that's, that's your uh, thing. That's your baby. You know, like, that's yeah. literally your baby, and it's yeah. like blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. It's probably like, I haven't raised a kid, but I bet yeah. it's just as hard, if yeah. not harder. You know what I'm saying? So, how have you got past that, like, trust barrier in order to build the, vi the village that you have today? Yeah, I think, uh, like, trial and error for sure, and just trusting our intuition. Like, most of our, our decisions are made on, like, how. Like, obviously, we will we'll check that they make sense financially, but, mm -hmm. you know, most big decisions are, like, how does this feel? Right. Um, does mm. this does this check out? Like, you know, we have gone down paths of talking to investors and, and, and partners and all sorts of things, and at the end of the day, it never felt right, mm -hmm. and that was what kind of guided us to, to kind of stick to our guns and just, you know, running the business between the two of us. Mm. Um, but also like surrounding ourselves with like smart people. Like, you know, we're always, we meet a lot with other small businesses, um, with, with owners, um, so that we can talk about, you know, trials and tribulations and we kind of help each other, um, collectively, mm -hmm. you know, and what works and what doesn't work on, on staffing issues and growth issues and financial issues so that, you know, we are, like you mentioned, the village, like the small business community in Vancouver is super supportive. And, mm. and, and likewise, to the plant-based community, it's super, so, like we yeah. all are invested in each other's success. So totally, um, I think if you have that community and you have that network, like things don't seem so daunting because, you know, you've got like that safety net there to, to mm -hmm. support you. Mm -hmm. But still, man, like I... Oh, yeah. I think certain people are more adverse to risk too. Like risk ex excites me. Like it doesn't scare me. Like if something's <laughs> like, like scary or intimidating, like that excites me. Like yeah. I want things that are like hard and challenging and like are going to push me out of my comfort zone. Cause that's like, that's where we grow and that's where opportunities are. Yeah. Um, like the safe, the safe lane doesn't really get you anywhere. So no, like, there's no fruit there. Yeah. So I mean, some people like, you know, they want their safe job. They want, you know, their pension. Yeah. Um, That's not for you. I'm, I'm like, put me in the fast lane and let's, let's try some crazy things. Yeah. No. And it's, it's clearly paid off. I mean, exponentially. And it's really good to hear that the, the small business community is so, is so interlocked and, and really supportive. So in these early days, when you were trying to really actually develop a, a customer base, yeah, like 
how are you trying to like, just from a marketing standpoint, how are you trying to like um, impact and, and, and infiltrate certain communities where there's certain ones yeah. you're trying to get into? How did you actually, cause you guys like have, I'm, I'm like, I, I use, I say this like, scaringly, like you almost have like a cult like following, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you have a lot of people that will be like, like, yes, every day or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Like, or every week or is every time I can go there, I'm there. But you had to develop that some way because, like, that's amazing, you know? You've branded that really well. For sure. I mean, part of our strategy and what makes our business going to work fun is, like, community and collaboration are huge pillars in, in what we do. So, um, you know, we try to be a hub like a home for, for health and wellness. So mm -hmm. we're always hosting events and like the events don't all have to be like around plant-based food. Like the filter's always fun. Like, you know, we've filter's done. Filter's always fun. The filter's always fun. So like we've done, we've made shoes with native shoes that were like, you know, designed by our, by our team. Um, we've done like, you know, all sorts of crazy, we've done stuff with Herschel and, and Lululemon and Nike. Like it doesn't always have to be like, food it can be like outside of the box like wow. we do movie nights with air in ireland and we do pop-up dinners and we do like um on uh, i have to run after this because we've got like a cycling group on monday so like you know we try to build the community that we want to be a part of what is um, your cycling group uh so on mondays we meet at our fifth Ave location and we go for we go for a little little bike ride um sick yeah it's fun. we try to get like i said we try to keep like we have a soccer team uh, <laughs> so like okay you know we try to build okay. the lifestyle that ryan and i you know love yeah. um so it's like beyond just food it's like you know it's movement it's mindfulness it's yeah. like the whole picture and we try to like we try to be a hub for those events in that community and i think that's what creates like the lifestyle behind the juice truck that's freaking cool um number so the first place mine go, my mind go is how the hell do you manage all that yeah because that's a lot because like yeah. saying things like yeah we have a soccer team we do these cycling groups and stuff like that like that's really cool and everyone yeah. on the surface is like yeah go do that but like <laughs> now you have 10 things yeah that are all your thing yeah and you need to manage them and make sure they're successful how the hell do you do that well like i mean with the cycling group it's just that that's just selfishly inspired because i want to be able to ride my bike more so i'm like well if i make like a group that's at like the juice truck, of it then like there's one day a week that i'm definitely riding my bike nice uh same with soccer like we just <laughs> both love soccer so we're like well if we have a juice track team we can play soccer all the time but uh <laughs> um like they like we grew up in steveston which is a very like small community oriented place so it was always like second nature to like be very inclusive and like when you're doing something, you want to do it with everybody mm -hmm. and kind of have it done in like a family way. So like mm -hmm. we always want to have like, we regularly have pop-up dinners and we regularly have movie nights and like we want to do things that like make you feel that you're included and you're a part of something and you're welcome and mm -hmm. like it's not intimidating. Mm -hmm. um, so like that sort of stuff is, is f that's what excites us. Like mm -hmm. that's, you know, the food and the juice aside yeah. and the smoothies and all that, like the, the events and, and the, the culture piece is kind of like the, the why we want to do things. Do you have like a community manager or something? Um, that's kind of like, that's, that's my wheelhouse to a certain degree. That's where I get excited. Dude, okay. But we do, we do have like each manager has their own, uh, passion. So that's part of the job too. Like, oh we want to facilitate so that it's more than a job. If you're into dancing or if you're into music, we want to try to facilitate those things when you're working at the juice truck so that 
you know, it's not a nine to five. It's something that like you're able to connect your passions with your practice so that it feels, you know, exciting to come to work. So each store does something different. Like we've got, we've done karaoke nights at certain stores, you know, main street, they're really into music. So they do live lounge once a month where they have like, you know, open mic nights and stuff like that. So, you know, so cool. So it kind of take care. It kind of takes care of itself in a way. For sure. Mm. As long as we, you know, we have that like, yes mentality. And like our team knows that like, if, if they have an idea that they're passionate about and we're going to support it, then it kind of spirals and, and builds itself. Really cool. But at one point it didn't build itself because you didn't have the locations and the yeah. managers and stuff. So was, what were the first ones like at stage the, one and two? The first thing you tried to did? get to. Yeah. Um, well, we teamed up with a yoga studio close by that's not around anymore, but we did some movie nights with them. Sweet. Um, we did some collabs early on. Like we did one with Aaron. Aaron Island was one of our first yeah, collabs. Okay. We did like a banana, uh, banana bread smoothie, which was kind of like a treat smoothie. Sweet. Um, like our first big one, there's like, do you know Jeff Hamada from Boom? If you heard of, you should have him on his podcast. He's he's like one of the most creative guys in Vancouver. We got two plugs now. There you go. Oh wait, Boom with a bunch of O's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I I, I kind of know what that is. I don't know. Go ahead though. So it's like a art and design um, yeah. website that uh, promotes promotes creative like creative talents yeah and jeff is like one of the most creative intellectual interesting people that i know okay so one of our first big collabs was with him we did like a uh brain night where we like had all brain night we had all these it was just like puzzles and games and like (laughs) stuff like that but we got like it was crazy we had like 300 people come out um just to play like games and like get prizes and stuff like that dude i'm so excited just sitting (laughs) here like that's epic yeah so you know like what the fuck? We just try to have fun, basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool, man. So I'm, uh, as a young person, I'm always like, you know, I want to blur the lines between work and play. Yes, you constantly. got it. You got it. Like, I don't even want there to be a line. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, I want to maintain a level of, like, you know, you're always like, yeah, oh, I'm at work. I have to be a certain level of respectful and yeah. kind. I'm like, why can't you just be respectful and kind in yeah. your life? Yeah. And then that, like that, the whole professional thing of respectful and kind and, and, and gracious, like, why don't you just bring that to your whole For sure. life? And then you don't have to like turn your brain on in a certain way or turn your brain off in a certain way, act a yeah. certain way this way, act a certain way that way. Why can't you just be a genuine human all the yeah. time? Yeah. Does that work? <laughs> That's like one of the theses in my head. Like, I'm like, I think that works. Like, that sounds it, pretty good to maybe, me. Maybe, yeah. you know, and seeing guys like yourself and other people we've had on this podcast, people I work with outside of here, like, yeah okay, I, I think that's what they're doing. And I think that's the way to go rather yeah. than like the traditional, like, oh no, I'm at work. I'm acting a certain way because this is professional. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just be good. Put your suit and tie on and all of just a sudden. Be good. Yeah. Just, just be good. Yeah. That's a good filter. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> filter everything with fun. Yeah. Filter everything with fun. So, so cool. So Jeff from Boom. Yeah. And you had these different community events. You're like, oh, ton of people coming out to these like little yeah. pop-up things yeah. so you really built through collaboration you really built through community yeah um did you guys try to go like the mass market route at all or um like we do have products in grocery stores so we sell our juices and and some of our products in like around 50 or so grocery stores so mm-hmm. that's kind of like our mass market thing. where are you guys in uh like everywhere from like whole foods to iga um, so you can oh. find our, our juice, like at most bigger grocery stores wow. in the greater Vancouver area. Mm. Uh, the juices only have a three day shelf life cause they're not pasteurized. So yeah. 
anywhere. Ooh, shot yourself in the foot there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but we're staying true to that. That's all right. Um, so, you know, you can't get it in like Kelowna or Victoria or anywhere far like that. But anywhere like in the GVRD, you can find our juice at most grocery stores. Wow. Um, and then we, we uh, in terms of mass market, we put out a book with Penguin Random House in 2017. Mm. So it's got all of our recipes for food, juices, smoothies, cleanses, uh, and like our whole plant-based lifestyle ethos and values. So we kind of like, if you want to start a juice bar, we like shared it all there. Sweet. Uh, it's like $14.99 on Amazon or something like that. Hell yeah, so, we'll uh, make sure to plug it in the show it's, notes. Uh, it's cheaper than, uh, you know, working on your own business plan if you want to mm. just, uh, you know, take that one. Yeah, take the fast track. We, I love it. We shared it all there. That's or, amazing. Or if you're not in Vancouver and you can't come by the juice truck and yeah. want to have your home juicer. Yeah, or have your home juicer. Yeah. You know, it's really funny. I love these like um, local products. And I, of course, I'm a small town guy as yeah. well. And everything is, you know, you just, it's it's in your blood in a certain way. You're like, no, yeah. no, no, like you, these, these things are local. Like, uh, yes, I'm eating potatoes, but I know the person that grew the potatoes yeah. or like whatever it is. Like, yeah. of course I know all these people. And then when I, you know, you go to urban centers, it's like, oh shit, there's this level of disconnect. Yeah. And I, but I always love the, the, the close community orientated thing uh, just because it f- feels right. For and sure. it's fun. Um, but with that, you have a lot of, um, because you're not, you know, taking the nutrients out and yeah. then putting it back in so it can be preserved longer and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. You, you give yourself scalability issues. Yes. Logistics challenges. Really for sure. tough, right? Yeah. So as, you know, if you can't sell in Victoria or Toronto without yeah. being out there, yeah. does that not put a glass ceiling? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's solutions around like every problem. Um, okay, okay. there, are, there is technology out there that would allow us to preserve the, the nutrients without mm. kind of making that compromise. Like there's something called HPP, which okay. is like a high pressurization. So mm. basically it's like, you know, if you get like altitude sickness or something like that, they put you in like a pressurization tank. Right. There's a similar thing for food, Ooh. um, where it, it, um, you know, you puts the the food under such a high pressure that the the bad bacteria is not able to survive. Mm. So it extends the shelf life in like a more natural way. How long? Um, like ch- thirty to forty five days. So pretty substantial. Oh, shit. So like there are there are alternatives like that. Like there is like you know some thought process of you know does it also kill some of the good bacteria that's in the juice as well, uh, which is likely. Um, but if, if you're trying to be inclusive and, uh, as approachable as possible, like being able to hit the markets where there are no health and wellness, like, uh, uh, mm. technology like that would allow you to get like the Prince George's and like, you know, the far out cities that are, are further from, you know, from Vancouver or from the, you know, the bigger metropolitan cities, mm-hmm. um, and make health and wellness more accessible, even if it's not in its purest state. Right. And I guess the other solution is, well, just open up in that city. Yeah, that's, right? that's true. I mean, part of our, so we opened in Steveson uh, a couple of years ago, part of our growth model. Um, we wanted to always be kind of like the gateway to, to health and be like an introduction cool. and make it, uh, like approachable. So we do want to go like, we might want to do one more in Vancouver, but like the long term goals to like open in, in Surrey and open in Port Moody and open yeah. like in Kelowna or Victoria, like mm-hmm. go to areas that, you know, there's when we opened, there wasn't a lot of health and wellness options in Vancouver. There wasn't a lot of vegan options in Vancouver, but now there is. So mm-hmm. uh, we kind of want to go to those places where, you know, 
you can't get those options. So. Dude, oh man, the island is ripe for you guys. Yeah. The island is like, you would, I don't know what the options are uh, in the South Island or in the North Island. I yeah. know there's, I know that for a fact there's nothing in the North Island. For sure. I don't know what there is in Victoria. I mean, I went to UVic and there was nothing nice. then, but like. Ryan, my business partner, Ryan, he went to UVic too. Dude, it's a fun yeah. guy, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. It's a good time out there, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a good time. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Victoria is amazing. Um, Victoria is a, like a, a perfect uh, size city in a way right yeah like it's a couple hundred thousand not too big not too small you have a nice like mix of university students and there's the military presence there there's also like a really cool uh, alternative downtown scene yeah and, like there's a professional like it's cool it's cool little mix or whatever victoria's very cool you guys need to get there yeah so that's the long-term goal you know go go where there go where there isn't something already yeah but at the same time competition is good for sure Absolutely. and you guys are a cut above well, I think if we can go into markets that don't have, you know, healthy options, uh, and if people see that our brand does well, maybe it won't, maybe it will, but if it does do well, it'll attract more like-minded people to do similar right. things. So, so it'll inspire. Uh, hopefully, or, or just like, you know, plant seeds for, for ideas for, for people to pursue their own you know, ideas. See, that's very interesting because there's two types of business owners. There's the business owners that are like, oh no, we have the secret sauce and it's ours. And we're going to monopolize yeah. off of it. Yeah. And then there's the other type that's like, uh, I mean, Elon comes to mind where it's just like, oh, yeah. you want to build, you know, a supercar or you yeah. want like, here's the blueprints. Yeah. Go try to figure it out. If you can do it better than us, cool. Yeah. Because the market's growing. Yeah. Right. But from a business standpoint, I always found it hard to stomach where it's just like, if you have something, like you guys have something and yeah. you know you have it. Yeah. You know, when you're like, hey, you know, uh, we put out this book and you yeah. know, the plans are in there. Like part of me is like, oh boy, <laughs> like shit. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I mean, it's not rocket science coming up with like juice and smoothie and salad recipes but you know if it's out there and you know we're we're open to you know the market growing it just pushes us to pioneer new things and like yeah. continually keeps us on our toes to up our game and up our game and up our game so like yeah you know and i think there is room for a lot of people to do well if yeah, it's a it's an emerging market. I get yeah. it, for Van sure. Vancouver specifically is like, or when I say Vancouver, I mean like the Lower Mainland. People are pretty healthy here, you know. Like, oh, totally. It's an active, active community. So it's it's yeah, it's one of the best places in the world, hands yeah. down. Like, there's no if ands or buts. Like, it's yeah, yeah, it's unfreaking real. Especially yeah. like, it's funny. Like the sun's come out the last seven days here, yeah. and you're just like, oh my god, I live here. I like know. what? I've already got my sunburn from my yesterday. Hell like, yeah, Damn. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's 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 so awesome. But then you know what? There's places in the world that like literally have no access to any of this. You know, there's you know inner cities that like don't even have grocery stores, man. For sure. You know, yeah. so finding your way there could change cultures globally. Yeah. Which is a really interesting conversation, right? Yeah. I don't know how you would do that based on you know where you guys are at right now but like there are so many cities just in north america alone not yeah. even touching south uh, america or touching uh europe or oh, asia yeah. like holy crap yeah no there's kids that are starving like right here yeah. in vancouver so yeah you know there's there's always more to do mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. when we were traveling india um one guy told us something that kind of stuck like as a tourist or as a traveler you know you go and you like see the problems in in other cities like you see the poverty or you mm -hmm. see you know the the homeless kids or the orphans or whatever and mm -hmm. you're like i want to help this but he's like you know you guys have the same problems in your home and you're not 
you're not looking to help it. So like, yeah. why do you come to our country and all of a sudden you want to have this helpful hand? Like, let us take care of, you know, our, our issues, let us improve on them and, and you take care of yours. And like, you know, it kind of made us think like, it's true. You know, when you travel, you like, you want to volunteer and you want to mm-hmm. help, but like, you don't always have the same mentality, like in, in your, in our, in our home backyard here, there's a lot of issues, no matter what you're looking at, whether it's, you know, homelessness or poverty or, or, or hunger or, or whatever, you know, there's, there's lots that can be done locally. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Why do, why do, why do, cause I do it too. Yeah. I, th- I don't, I'm not sure. It's a good question. I think when you're, you know, I think when you're going to other places, maybe you feel better if you're if you're contributing something back versus just like taking as a tourist. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to feel good about your your tourism or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, when we're here, maybe we see it more as a government issue versus something that we can. That's a good point. We can implement some help. Like you know, there's 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 so much that everybody can do if if you want to. There's you know, there's oh my two. God. Yeah, there's endless things you can do. Yeah. Yeah, th- that's a really good point. You want to feel like you're paying for your tourism, right? Like there's a give and take in everything you do. But yeah. like, even if, if you're living in a place, you're constantly taking from it. Yeah, for sure. How is that different? Yeah, what's, what's, what's our relationship yeah. with, with our hometown? Yeah, it's really, really interesting. Um, I want to ask you about ghost kitchens. Yeah. And with the whole Uber Eats thing and the whole yeah. DoorDash and the whole Fedora and the hundred thousand that we yeah. have here, um, Ritual just came through and made a little yeah, splash. Yeah, that was that was big. That was crazy. Um, there's this uh, growing phenomenon of like people not going to restaurants and just li- literally yeah. ordering online. Yeah. And from that has stemmed this thing of ghost kitchens, which yeah. are just kitchens that don't like have, have a physical kitchen have a kitchen yeah. like what the, what are your thoughts on that i think it's super cool um the reason why i think it's so cool is i think it's in terms of like going back to reproachability it's a lot easier as a startup to to rent a commissary space for 800 or a thousand dollars a month mm-hmm. um and try out a concept um and just throw it up on uber eats or doordash mm-hmm. or whatever and see you That's know the point People are ordering it. You can be, you can pivot, you can be flexible. You can try things like rapidly daily right. and kind of see what works and wow. grow your business with a fairly low risk. Um, like to, to get into the restaurant game, um, like we're, we're a small beast compared to that. Like we're a cafe, but if you're going like full restaurant, it's expensive. Like that's yeah. a big investment. Um, so if you can try it out, on the low financially and like kind of prove that your, your product has a marketplace before making that investment or going to the bank or finding investors or, or just spending your own money. Mm-hmm. You kind of have that proof of concept before diving in. Oh, that's really cool. Um, or as a restaurant that's already established, established itself, you can, you can try out new things mm-hmm. and like be like, okay, like, you know, we're, we're a burger place, but we've always wanted to do burritos, you know, so like do burritos. try it out, see yeah. if it works, you know? Yeah. So it's almost like an incubator totally that's very much i never thought about that yeah yeah huh that's interesting i just had the bias of being like um oh ghost kitchens people aren't in kitchens i like human interaction that's bad yeah for sure (laughs) i mean i think it's like a different uh you're gonna have a different experience than going to a restaurant of course like if you're going on a date night or you want to go with your friends and have a drink like you're not gonna go like order something from a ghost kitchen you're gonna go physically have an experience but like if if you're like 
you know game you know game of thrones is going to be on sunday and you want to try something new for dinner yeah you know it's a it's a decent thing to try out i love it i love that perspective i never thought of it that way i was always just like oh i don't want the restaurant industry to die but i think there will always be a place for um actual restaurants human interaction experience yeah you know uh, atmosphere all these things right yeah like you just go into certain places and just like the smell or like yeah what the table feels like these weird little intricacies that like make a place yeah your spot are like i don't think those will ever die yeah for sure as long as people want to go out and have have a good time Mm -hmm. and like interact with other humans you know like there's gonna be restaurants Uh, as long as we're not doing it in vr yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we'll see though that'll be the next ghost kitchen you know like put your goggles on and shit spooky super spooky uh yeah black mirror style yeah, I know. There's a lot of, man, Black Mirror started coming out like not that long ago. And now there's a lot of Black Mirror stuff that's like, oh, oh yeah. that's that's here. I haven't watched too many Black Mirror episodes, but every single one, I was like, that's scary. And that's definitely going to happen. That's scary. And that's super plausible. Yeah. Like, that is like a couple years down the line, maybe a decade. We'll yeah. see. But that's like almost here. Did you see the one where they like walked around with their phones and everything? Like they would get a score on things. Like if no. I had an interaction with you, I'd give you like a five out of five and like so you i could see oops i could see like you know that person's like a 4.5 and like that was your currency like you could only get into the bar if you were like a 4.2 or a 4.3 and like um it's pretty scary and they're rolling something like that out in china right now oh really so there you go wechat yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah i know wechat yeah yeah okay that's spooky black mirror predicts it all okay that's spooky (laughs) yeah yeah we let's not even go down that road that's super super creepy it's like all because all of your transactions and all of your movement is centralized through one app it's like all of your social networks and your banking and everything going through one app so you have an information just freaking database that's crazy and then you can then uh so they're they're assigning um citizen currencies i think or something like that or, or, or citizen scores yikes yeah i don't i don't know shit about that but it's it is happening i, I was pretty stoked that uh instagram got rid of its likes though I, yeah. was getting rid of its likes. I think that's a cool thing because i think you know we measure like likes are a currency and we measure you know totally success or popularity or whatever it might be like through how many likes or followers so that they're i think that's a really positive step for social you know, social mental health uh to kind of take that take that out of the equation so cool yeah Yeah. i mean as uh content creators ourselves it's always like like we'll have guests on that won't do as well yeah that have unreal content yeah unreal content yeah. we're like why didn't this do as well like yeah. was it time of day was it like certain angles that we use and we're just like constantly like hey we need to get more engagement and yeah it's just like content is king content wins like if it's good yeah. just like make it just make the content good period that's it put just, it out there just make it good yeah no just likes attached good. yeah no likes attached that's cool that's a new brand to be made <laughs> yeah there you go no likes attached <laughs> let's go i've got like three things out of you man <laughs> fill fill uh Fil- always filter fun yep. google expert yeah and now this <laughs> there you go a couple catchphrases for the day let's go i love it i love it i love it i love it um i know i gotta run here but i really want to talk to you about uh the whole plant-based methodology because yes. i actually haven't had i actually haven't had this conversation cool which That's is crazy true. because it's a super super mainstream it's happening know. it's I li- happening i like to think it's happening oh it, that's it, my bubble it's a hundred percent happening yeah. so i'm a person that like i'm just like i'm looking at every like i'm I, like, i'm in the middle of everything and i just see everything happening around me i'm like yeah. i don't know <laughs> what is going on like yeah i, I know people on the car 
carnivore diet. I know people yeah. on the keto diet. I know a ton of vegans, a ton of vegetarians. Yeah. I know people that like swear by juicing. I know people that yeah. think it's literally the devil. Like, yeah. And I'm just like, there are so many freaking information sources everywhere. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. okay, one by one, you tell your thing, you tell your thing, yeah. and I'll try to take something in. Yeah, that's and, tough. And I'm over here like, yo, man, I don't have all the money to be going and doing these things yeah, and trying this thing and pivoting over here and all this type of stuff. So, um, you're a vegan, you subscribe yeah. to the whole thing, yeah. plant-based, what got you onto it? What's the history yeah. and why is it your jam? For sure. So, I mean, growing up, I was like a typical high school guy that was into sports and, you know, thought I needed all the meat-based protein. Like I was hamburger guy, wings every Wednesday, proud of how many wings I could eat. And then I went to, during university, there was a class called environmental ethics Ooh. and uh, that sounds cool. I like, you know, going for hikes and I like <laughs> the environment and I uh, signed, signed myself up yeah. and a big part of that class was, um, you know, the, the impact of animal agriculture on the environment yep. and also uh, animal ethics. Um, so I took the one-on-one class and I was like really into it mm-hmm. and was, you know, participating in the class and like, it was probably the most thought-provoking class that I took in wow. second year or whatever it was. And But I didn't make any lifestyle changes. I was just, like, really into it. And then I took, like, the 201 class for, like, the next year and a bunch of the same students. And I remember going for lunch after, and we were talking about all the stuff we learned. And um, my friend uh, from the class, Zoe, um, she's she'd be a cool guest too, Zoe, <laughs> Zoe Pellet. Uh, she's, like, the great vegan converter. Like, have her on, and, like, all your listeners will be vegan. Um <laughs> Zoe Pallet, I'll write it down. Yeah, she's got like the vegan project and okay. does a bunch of cool stuff. So we were having lunch and I ordered like a burger or whatever. And she was like, Zach, I don't get it. Like you're like, you're like one of the most like active participants in the class and you're like preaching all the stuff, but you're like eating a burger, eating a burger. Like what's up with that? Yeah. And for whatever reason, I just didn't make that connection. And like her kind of like pointing it out was like, oh yeah, like you're, you're right. So that kind of like made a lot of sense. So kind of like the things I was learning in terms of like animal agriculture was like, you know, it just isn't sustainable. So like, you know, to have in terms of calories in calories out, like to you're putting like to have chicken or whatever, like Mm -hmm. you have to give that chicken water. You have to feed Mm -hmm. that chicken in terms of like the calories going in to the calories that you're physically eating. Like it's not an efficient system. Mm -hmm. It's more efficient just to eat the food that you're going to feed the chicken and have the water that you're going to feed the chicken. I haven't heard it put Uh, that way. That's pretty good. You're basically like the meat is the middleman and you're like investing all these resources into it. And it's not like, like Mm -hmm. if it was, if it was a financial equation, you'd be in the, you'd be losing every time because you're putting more in than you're getting out. Um, So that was one thing that kind of like stood out to me. Um, the other was like the impact on our, our physical planet, like, you know, because of cattle and, and basically animal agriculture, like it's the leading cause for deforestation. Like they're like clearing the Amazon rainforest. They're like, you know, clearing land at rapid rates that we're not going to be able to recover from. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's leading to extinction of like, you know, valuable animals and insects and, and resources that beyond like, you know, having a hamburger on your plate. Um, so those were kind of like the, the water resources are huge. Like we're going to have water wars and we're like, we're dumping so much water into like 
basically like I was saying into like these meals that mm-hmm. you know would be better put into to growing plants that can feed exponentially more people mm-hmm. um so that was kind of like the first thing like the environmental side and like that's not even getting into like the methane and like the the the, the gas out uh, it's ridiculous the greenhouse gases like yeah. animal agriculture contributes more to like the, than the whole transportation system yeah methane is 25 times more powerful than carbon yeah yep. it's pretty crazy so like the environmental side like if you consider yourself an environmentalist like you shouldn't be eating meat mm-hmm. uh because i think you know, you're kind of being an activist every time you choose your meal. Like if you're having a plant-based meal, you're you're, you're voting with your dollar and you're contributing to a world that you want to see uh, for the future. So to play devil's advocate there a little bit, then what about uh, local meat and and, and like like I go down to the farmer's market and get a steak or whatever it is to play devil's advocate there. What's the issue there? Well, it's just not sustainable on like a, a large scale. Like there's like close to 8 billion people on the earth. The amount of land that takes up uh like in terms of sustainability factory farming is more sustainable than locally grown which is um, like, yeah because they're they're more efficient with the amount of land that they're taking up the resources that are going economies into, of scale yeah. yeah so like i mean it's it maybe it feels good i think there's a lot of like like uh feel good marketing terms <laughs> for me to make you feel better about your choices but in the end like i think the future is is going to be plant based like mm-hmm. uh like there's the environmental side there's the health side and then it they kind of all inform each other then there's the animal cruelty side like just not wanting to do to others what you'd want done to yourself like mm-hmm. you know they live terrible terrible lives where they're basically like raped and murdered and their children mm-hmm. are are stolen from them like you know minutes yeah. after they're born it's it's a very like violent terrible industry mm-hmm. Um, so like if you were to, I mean, I think there's like romantic tendencies to like what farms were like in like the twenties or thirties, but like, that's not the case anymore. Um, it's basically like, you know, animal abuse on like a major, major scale. Um, you know, we kind of talk a lot about, it's like the last, you know, like there it's like, uh, you know, back in the day, you know, there was, there was racial issues, there was color issues, there were gender issues, animal issues is like the next big thing to Mm -hmm. like go for kind of mass, uh, awareness, you know, like knowing where your food actually comes from. It's going to be one of the biggest, the greatest like tragedies of our time. Like if you look at back, like, I don't know if it'll happen in our generation, the next generation, the generation, I don't know, but it's like, you're going to look back when we're older and say, yeah. oh, shit, he yeah. was alive yeah. when that shit was happening. Yeah. Like, just go watch just any documentary on, on like, mass, mass-produced meat. It's, oh, yeah. it's, 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 just go do the research yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's lots of documentaries out there. Yeah. If you watch, you know, I watched a couple of them and... Uh, you know, on the environmental side, watch Cowspiracy. It's it's awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember the, uh, or if you watch Earthlings, like yeah. that'll make you like not want to eat meat ever again. I watched that like after I had that conversation. She's yeah. like, just go watch Earthlings and like see how you feel. Yeah. Uh, like I challenge anybody to go watch Earthlings and like yeah. want to go eat a cheeseburger after that. Yeah. And like cool thing, like there's a couple of exciting things. Like I don't think you have to make compromise anymore. Like maybe 10 years ago you did, but now there's like everything you want and like a, 
traditional diet like they've got that vegan like you can get like amazing vegan ice cream and burgers and pizzas and like mm-hmm. basically everything that you could ever want they've got a version of that that's, that just happens to be vegan yeah totally um and then another exciting thing that just happened this week is beyond meat uh, went public going. and uh you know it's the biggest ipo of 2019 like it's the biggest ipo since the financial crisis yeah and it's a yeah. you know it's one of the first vegan companies to go public uh, I think it is the first. Yeah, it probably is. I might be wrong. And know. to see that reaction is just insane. Like, Yeah, but Zach, at the same time, it's not. Yeah, it's, I mean, not, not, not overly surprised, but it, it's it's super exciting to encourage future businesses to take that path. Yeah, when I saw what it was going public at, and yeah. I was like, really? Yeah, people made some money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyways. Uh, so beyond meat is very, very promising. Yeah. I had a, I had a beyond meat burger when I f- found out it was going public. Yeah. It's good ass burger, man. Yeah. They're pretty good. Like, I don't eat it. Fa- like, I don't do fast food. Yeah. But like I was like, all right, I'm going to go get a beyond yeah. at a and or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, shit, yeah. like they're pretty good. This is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's definitely, I, I wouldn't even call it a compromise yeah. at all. And that's what they're going after. Like they're not going after like trying to compete with the veggie burgers of the world. Like they're going to compete. They want to compete with like beef burgers, like, you know, which is super cool. No, totally. And you know what? It's like, it's funny. I was eating it. I was like, I was with my girlfriend, Tracy. And I was like, I was like, you know, the only thing that doesn't have, like, it just doesn't have, like, if I have a burger, like I'm like anticipating, like I want that shitty feeling, you know, like I (laughs) want that, like, Oh, this is a greasy burger. You know, like I need that. Like, I don't feel that here. There's no, this is just food. Like, I'm like, where's that shit feeling? Yeah. (laughs) It's funny how we crave that. We're like, I just want to get, sink my teeth, teeth in this undiscussed, like just disgusting double cheeseburger and just love it. The savagery. Yeah. Get that grease, get that fat, get get that that grease. Like, ah, (laughs) you know, and then you're just eating this Beyond Burger. And you're like, oh, this is like a good burger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the that, fuck is this? It's pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, there's a there's a ton of there's a ton of um, uh, different substitutes now. The market's grown, and there's a million different ways that you can find everything that you have without yeah. meat, 100. percent What about from the um, nutrient side? How yeah. have you adapted? What's the story there? <laughs> well, it's just I th- I personally think a, a plant based, whole food, whole grain diet's the healthiest diet on the planet. Like. <clears throat> You're getting that fiber game. You're getting protein. You're getting that like, fiber game. I love you know, it. <laughs> um, I know we were talking about our friend uh, Keem earlier. He yeah. always says like, "There's a couple of catchphrases that I think are good. Like one's count colors, not calories, Ooh. and uh, one's count nutrients instead of calories." So like, um, you know, if you're having an array of food, like a traditional like meat diet is pretty boring. Like you're having like chicken and steak and potatoes and chicken and steak and potatoes like it's like not a lot of variety but once you start to you know mix things up with vegetables and grains and stuff like Mm -hmm. your your palate just opens up like it becomes vibrant yeah you're painting with like a hundred colors instead of four yeah and uh with all those colors are different nutrients and different vitamins and like it's just like a very easy way to nourish yourself and feel healthy all the time and variety in like shape and size as well like yeah. i don't know like someone told me as when i was a kid but it was like whatever you're eating like that the the shape of what you're eating gives yeah. you clues to what it helps in your body like walnuts are good for the brain yeah, and stuff like that and i was definitely. like oh my god like that's yeah. crazy you know I, that's the only example i can think of off the top of my head but like yeah. I'm sure you've heard that. And in terms of like protein, that's always a big question. Like, oh, yeah. 
Like you, that's a myth. You know, it's a myth. Like, yeah. what, what do the animals eat to get their protein? They eat the vegetables and stuff yeah. like that. You know, like the biggest, the strongest animals on the planet are all like plant-based animals, like gorillas yeah. and yeah. and giraffes and like, you know, all the the big strong animals eat mostly plants. That's totally true. Um, and then even like the animals that we're eating, consuming, like. One, like, what's in that meat? Like, is it full of antibiotics? Is the are the crops that they're eating full of pesticides and GMOs? Like, yeah. um, like, what kind of hormone levels? And it like, what kind of mental state were they in when they were killed? Like, what kind of stress were they going through? Um, so, like, what's what's actually in that meal that you're eating? Um, versus, like, I like to say, cut out the middleman. Like, yeah. the, you know, why? Why eat a chicken for protein when the chicken's getting its protein from grains? Like, why not mm-hmm. just eat the grains that the chicken's getting its protein? From? I really like that business uh, analogy there. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's we talk about, um, or you can talk about uh, in an economy. You talk about efficiency and, and energy efficiency. Like, yeah. people don't understand how like inefficient, for instance, like combustion engines are, yeah. or how inefficient, you know, like even conductors of electricity. Like, solar power is not like the conversion yeah. rates are not great. It's yeah. much better than anything else we have yeah but it's still like you're still losing like 50 percent of your power just on basic like just little things like that if you talk about if food input like yeah. what the if we talk about energy like what the calories are in that food yeah. versus what you're putting in there versus yeah. what is coming out like it's not like 20 percent, 15 percent. it's like one percent yeah half a percent of like you're creating this many calories from this many calories if those were dollars that yeah. would make zero freaking zero sense, sense. Still, like, everybody would be out of business everyone would 100 <laughs> be out of business and again that's not even touching on like um uh like hormone release in 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 cows or whatever right like if your cow is stressed or if your animal is stressed those those like hormones get released into the muscles to activate the muscles because it's fight or flight that literally poisons the meat like if you ever had like a home yeah a a, a cow that was stressed out and then killed like it tastes like shit yeah um it actually does like that's not just some like vegan woo woo talk like no like trust me i i do eat meat i have eaten these steaks and they taste terrible yeah like you know what i'm saying if they know they're walking into slaughter which they all do which they all do like think about the mental state they're gonna be in 100 percent. i mean it's no different than if i was like Mm. if you know if 30 of your friends if you heard them all screaming dying in the room next door and you knew you were next like you wouldn't be going into that in like a meditative state you know you'd be like yeah you'd be freaking freaking the fuck out you'd be freaking the fuck out that's not a good life and um so so, to again play devil's advocate here so again uh yes the strongest animals and whatnot they do 100 percent eat plants yeah um it's like literally the strongest um but on the flip side of that is humans have developed traditionally in a different way yeah. where our stomachs and our, and our microbiomes have uh, developed in a different way. The v- most valid argument that I've found on the other side yeah. is that humans haven't developed the stomachs to have the most bioavailable yeah. uh, solely from plants, meaning yes, there may be more protein. Yeah. We can't necessarily get it efficiently into our bodies. Um, and that we have developed historically eating meat, yeah. so our bodies haven't fully transitioned because evolution is slow. Yeah. I mean, my argument against that is, like, if you look at us, like, we're not naturally carnivorous. Like, look at our nails. They're soft and brittle. Like, we can't claw through anything. Like, look look at our teeth. Like, if you went and, like, attacked a pig with your fingers and your teeth, like, you're not going to be able to chomp through its thick skin. Um, and, like, in terms of, like, digestion, like we have to cook most things to be able to actually digest it. Like actual carnivores, like they use their, their teeth and their claws and they just eat that, 
eat that shit raw, right? Like they're like eating an animal alive basically. Some whereas we have to shit. like, you know, put it on the frying pan and cook it to like 400 degrees to be able to digest it. Kill properly. the parasites and all that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're not actually like, you know, I, I think our, our system's actually more aligned with, with herbivores, mm-hmm. like maybe towards omnivores, if anything, but definitely mm-hmm. not like, if you look at carnivores, like true carnivores, like a lion or something like that, like they're, they're they'll ca- fucking kill you, bro. Yeah. Their, ca- their canines can like, <laughs> yeah. you know, crush skulls and, and, yeah. and break through bones and like yeah. their claws can like rip something to sheds. Like, uh, like we're not, uh, we're not in the same uh, theater as like no, you know actual no. carn- carn- carnivore animals. Oh, it's scary, man! Like if you like you ever actually like, I've seen black bears. Like I also know people have seen grizzly bears. Like yeah. dude, like these these but that's these, meant to kill. These fingers are better for picking blueberries and blackberries yeah, yeah. and apples than yeah. uh, you know getting into combat with uh, you know an animal and like turning it into a meal without using like resources tools and and fire and all of that stuff yeah totally it's 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 crazy it's scary and some of those like oh man like fuck you see some of those animals like actually go to war like that is some horrific shit man we i mean i think we're we've been able to use tools and and all of that so we're able to hide behind that but uh you know most true carnivores aren't using like you know the tools that we're we using. have yeah 100 no, <laughs> yeah anyways let's transition back i know you got to wrap here a little bit yep. but i do want to ask you um in seeing uh the juice truck and where it's at and, and how many locations you you guys have and how you've grown as a business i'm really interested i mean yeah it's like it's obviously a success story like 100 percent. there's no way that you can uh, twist that story when you look back you know what has been aside from the the hangover cure like what have been your biggest failures have you had any failed locations have you tried to go any like macro business ways that just yeah. really haven't worked out um that's a good question i mean the truck has kind of transitioned into a different strategy like the truck right. used to be like you know a, a storefront for us um but you know communities change um, so Gastown isn't quite what it was when we launched. Um, there's also other options in Gastown now. So we've kind of pivoted the truck to be more like a marketing tool than an actual storefront. Like uh, it's yeah. more for like events and pop-ups, pop-ups and, and stuff like that than an actual like brick and mortar. And that's part mm-hmm. of the flexibility of having a truck is you can kind of move it around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think on like you know, usually whenever we open a store, it takes like a year to kind of like hit traction. So, um, oh my gosh. <laughs> so like that, you kind of want to freak out in the first couple of months if you're not hitting like your financial targets. Yeah. But, um, usually if we like stay focused and don't freak out, like by 12 months, you know, we're hitting, we're, we're, okay. hit, we're hitting our targets. You so, develop the community around that location. Yeah. It yeah. takes time to mm-hmm. kind of like educate and, and uh you know spread brand awareness mm-hmm. um i'm trying to think of like specific examples i think like the night menu is like the best one yeah that's um, pretty hilarious we did like this is maybe a smaller one like we're we're mostly a gluten-free store as well and mm-hmm. that's like just like a happy accident it's never been like intentional um so we did in- introduce some products with gluten in them like a year ago okay and like people were pissed and no. we didn't even know like that people were coming to us to that degree because we were gluten-free. Oh, wow. Um, so, like, we had a couple salads that we introduced the gluten to, 
and like they didn't sell at all. So, so did like, you like introduce like breadcrumbs or something like like in uh, your salads? We, yeah, we how? just used some like grains that weren't gluten free, like some farro and stuff like that. Oh. Um, and yeah, That's... people like they didn't sell. People were like, "Oh, is your kitchen not gluten free?" Like we're like, "Oh, like does, what is does, this? Uh... Does that does that matter to you?" And like we found out that like. That was a big. That was a big amount of our our following was uh, prescribing to like the gluten free diet as well. So wow. that was a bit of. Uh, we do have some like gluten gluten products, like uh, we've got Aaron's banana bread and a few other things. Um, but our core products are all. We went back to keeping yeah. everything gluten free. So yeah. that was a bit of like. A, Sorry guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everything's okay. Yeah. We're all right. Yeah, we're gluten free again. Yeah. Please come back. Yeah. <laughs> hey, come in, come in, come in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sweet. So, like, two examples. Yeah. Over eight years, like. Yeah, obviously, there's more. There's more course, examples than that. But um, but just the fact that those two come, like, there's only two that like come to yeah. mind versus like, oh man, we did like thirty things wrong. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure that there was a ton of like missteps along the way. It's not. I'm not trying to paint you guys out as a perfect company. I mean, we make mistakes every day. Of for course. Sure. Of course, but still. Um, but we're like we're quick. We're pretty agile as a business. Yeah. So when uh, something doesn't work, we just change it up. Cut your losses and yeah. go. Yeah. Cool. That being said, like what's what's next for you guys? What's big on the horizon? Where are you guys trying to push your thought, push your business? Where are you guys going with this whole thing? Yeah. Um, well, we want to slowly do more stores and have a bigger imprint that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also want to grow like our culture internally. So like. Mm-hmm. Um, have bigger growth opportunities for our staff and our team. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do want to slow our growth a little bit so we can work uh, oh. more on our internal structure and our internal growth to like be able to like optimize like how we do things as a business mm. uh, for for our team. Uh, so that's something that we really want to work on. Wow. Uh, we want to keep having fun. <laughs> yes, yes. Use fun, so, as a, fun as a filter. So more cycling, more soccer, more events. Yes. Um, we're working on some new business concepts uh, with, uh, I know we mentioned Erin Ireland. Yeah. Uh, we're working on a, a vegan food, food hall concept with her. Um, so that's, we're a couple years away, but okay, we're, okay. we're kind of working on some it. Some ears just perked up. Some ears just perked yeah. up. I like it. So that's kind of uh, on the side where we're, we're kind of spending our time kind of uh, working on some of those ideas oh, yeah. and uh, we're excited where that can go. But uh, yeah, that's f- super cool. Yeah. So we're probably like, you know, a good two years out from that being a reality, but we're working on it now and yeah. it should be pretty cool. Do you guys like where, so the question people that are listening want me to ask, like where's the next location popping up? Yeah. We're working on one uh, for downtown Vancouver. Yeah. So that'll be the next spot. You guys, I see your truck on Robson. Yeah. We got our little smoothie cart at yeah. Robson and Broad. Um, and then after that, um, I think we'll refocus on the suburbs. So probably yeah. like uh, Surrey Central, South Surrey. Mm-hmm. Um, those will be like the two kind of areas that we'll focus oh. on next. Amazing. So like, Zach, you're 30, 33, you're 33. Yeah. Like when it's all said and done, when you walk away from this thing, where do you want it to be? Um, I just want to, I mean the plant-based filter and having like a, an impact of creating a culture that's fun and approachable. Like those are kind of our two, two filters, mm-hmm. um, and never taking things too seriously. Um, so if we can plant seeds to, to, you know, we never want to like be preachy about anything. I yeah. think people have to make their own decisions and kind of like 
find their own uh, information and see how that affects them. But our, our goal is to kind of like be able to plant seeds of information and, yeah. and hopefully those grow into positive things. Um, that's, that's a big goal for us. Totally. So yeah. I just, could, couldn't agree more. Like, hopefully leaving this place uh i mean i've got a i've got a 20 month old son so i want to leave the place better off for him than uh where we're at now that's that's a big goal that's amazing i love it you know what that's leaving the planet better for sure and and on the on the vegan and on the ethical and on the gluten-free like yeah like there's no there's like there's no argument there like there's, yeah. there's 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 just not like from a sustainability you know deforestation is like literally yeah like is so grandioso and it's yeah. it's it's hard to even comprehend like there's stuff going on in brazil right now that the oh, president's yeah. trying to push through and there's different like yeah um factory farming is horrific as well like from an ethical standpoint like there's just yeah. like there's no there's no if ands or buts so leaving the planet better yeah is just like we're at a point where it's not like that shouldn't be uh hey it'd be nice to like leave yeah. the planet better it's like we need to do something now yeah yesterday <laughs> yesterday and that's so cool like that's what really excites me about like the plant-based lifestyle mm-hmm. i feel like just voting for that if mm. you take meat and dairy and all of that out of your diet, like you're actually voting against deforestation. You're yeah. voting against animal cruelty. You're voting for the environment. You're voting for your health. Yeah. Um, so I think like that small shift of just what you're putting on your plate is actually such a macro influence you can mm-hmm. have uh, on on the future of the state of the planet, really. Totally. I think that's, that's beautiful. Like, a lot of tiny things add up. There's a ton of other things that you can do to reduce your um, your carbon footprint and, and, yeah. and, and what you're leaving behind. I'll let you guys go and do your own research on that one. Yeah. Because um, it, it, is, it is deep. Like whether that's from recycling your refrigeration units to yeah. how you're, what, what you're driving to what you're eating to how many planes you go to what's in yeah. your investment portfolio. Like there's a lot of ways that you can oh, yeah. uh, impact and people have no yeah. like clue. Most you know? of the solutions are there. The technology is there. Yeah. The technology is there. Um, and the solutions are there. So I, I applaud you guys for that. And I also applaud you guys for just having that mindset of like, let's put knowledge out there. Yeah. And if you want to pick it up, pick it up. Yeah. Because, I mean, from my standpoint, like I'm a young guy and I'm like, well, I might not be right. Yeah. Like there's a pretty good chance that maybe I'm right a little bit, but I'm probably wrong on a ton of things. For sure. Absolutely. So let me just throw this shit out there. Yeah. You guys do with it what you will. Yeah. And and go from there. Like even, you know, just explaining the vegan thing or explaining the juice thing. It's like, okay, that's really interesting. Let's die. Let's dig into that a little bit. Okay. Now we have these facts. Like maybe we can make decisions from here versus like, hey, this is the, this is the solve all. Yeah. You want to be fit. You want to do this like (laughs) celery juice or like you want to lose weight, be a vegan. You want to help the world. Like da da da. Like it's just like, nah here's all these things here's what we know here's what we don't know here's what we're learning figure it out yeah you know like be an informed human yeah it's a process so i really i um i really apologize for that and i mean shit that's what we're trying to do here as well it's just like you know you bring knowledge job. to the forefront and then you guys take it go wherever the hell you want yeah but our job is done in that you know you have the knowledge on the surface right um, because i don't think that any you know if you go all the way down one path or all the way down the other path, I don't think that's ever a good thing. I think you need to always be open-minded at least to, yeah. you know, other things that are out there. Right. Yeah. Anyways, I really appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks for having me. You're a blast. I appreciate it. And, uh, and a wealth of knowledge. And I like, I can't wait to see you guys grow. That's and I can't wait to see you guys like just 
build your culture and build the knowledge base. I would love if you guys, you know, having you on this podcast is amazing. I love if you guys found other ways to like build the knowledge base around what you're doing. Cause I think that's super important and would ultimately lead to probably a bigger consumer base. Yeah. That's, that's the goal. You guys will have to come ride bikes with us sometime. Hell yes. I would <laughs> love to come ride my bike with you yeah. guys. Amazing. All right, Zach, I'll let you go ride your bike. Yes. And, uh, and thanks. Thanks so much. Where can people find you? Where can they get at you? Uh, for the juice track on Instagram at juice track, uh, facebook.com slash juice track. Our website's www.thejuicetrack.ca. Uh, nice. Uh, if you want to follow me personally, I'm at Zach truck. Nice. Um, Zach truck. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if you want to follow our, our, uh, cycling on Strava, if you just search, uh, juice, tr- we're, we're partnering, we're partnered with Trek, uh, Trek bikes. So oh. if you search juice Trek. Oh, this uh, is bigger than a little cycle club, yeah, my guy. Yeah, yeah, we teamed up with Trek on this one. So um, cool. if you search Juice Trek Cycling Club, uh, we're on Strava and you can uh, join our club there. Cool. And your locations are? Oh, yeah. So to find us physically, we've got um, our, our kind of our HQ is at 5th in Ontario. Yeah. Uh, we've got a store at Maine and 27th. Uh, we've got one in Yaletown on Mainland, uh, 1022 Mainland. And then we've got one in Steveston and Richmond on First Ave. And then our cart is at um, Burrard and Robson downtown. And then if you just search the juice truck on Amazon, you can find our book if you're not in Vancouver. I love it. Yeah. There you guys go. Go go do your own research. Go get some, <laughs> go get some juice, man. It's good yes. for you. Awesome. Thanks, Zach. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. That's right.